0: And welcome everyone, good morning. Welcome everyone to the final point. We got a lot going on, a lot going on. Wow, baseball season has started. This is October. Uh, shout out to the A's, they qualify for the playoffs. So we'll see what they do again tonight against the Devil Rays and see if they can get started in a much further series. Uh, you can catch that game tonight. You can catch that game tonight, uh, 5 o'clock with ESPN. That's going to be a really good game. Uh, Both teams have over 90 wins this year. Both teams, 90 wins this year. And I believe they had a four-game series before uh, finding out who qualified for the playoffs. On Thursday, tune in on Thursday. On Thursday, we have game one of the Dodgers and Nationals uh from LA. Uh Dodgers are the favorite, of course. And then after that, well before that, you're going to have the Braves and Cardinals on TBS at uh 2:02 and the Dodgers will play at 5:37. Also, so it's a doubleheader on uh TBS for the National League Division Series. Friday, it's going to be um a few games here. Uh, number one is going to be again Dodgers and Nationals game two. Uh, that's going to be on TBS. Cardinals and Braves. That's going to be a one thirty-seven start on TBS. With the Braves being the favorite, that's going to be game two from Atlanta. Uh, and then you have uh, the Twins and Yankees. They're going to play at four oh seven game one at the Bronx in New York. So those are your slated games. It's going to be very, very interesting the way baseball season works this year. I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to my Dodgers. So go Blue. I'm gonna shift gears for a moment. The NBA, uh, the NBA is back. Uh, preseason basketball has, has is going to start on Friday, and it's going to be the Kings and Pacers at six. 30 in the morning on NBA TV. So you can check uh, the Kings and Pacers out um, at 6.30 in the morning. And that's going to be on NBA TV. That's a 6.30 a.m. start. And then on Saturday, this Saturday, Lakers versus Warriors on TNT. Uh, Kings and Pacers will play again at 6.30 in the morning on the NBA TV. So those are going to be some notable games for the NBA for those who can't wait for the NBA to start, now going forward to college basketball, we're gonna Like I said, we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything this week, a little bit of everything. I kind of wanted to go into you know the top twenty-five because um, you know basketball season starts next month. Uh, that's gonna be the first game of the season gonna be uh, November the fifth. So we have our top twenty-five slated games. But before we get to the games, I wanted to talk more about the AP uh, rankings, and it's 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 pretty it's pretty cut here. Um, Kentucky, let's start with Kentucky first. Kentucky is thirty and seven uh, as of last year, and so based on the rankings, that's why they're rated number seven. Uh, Gonzaga went thirty three and four. They're number six. Auburn went thirty and ten. They're number five. Duke went 32 and six. They're number four. Michigan State went 32 and seven. They're number three. Texas Tech went 31 and seven. They're number two. In Virginia, the national champions, I might add, 35 and three. Now, <clears throat> something's wrong with this picture if you're basing it on record, because that's not accurate. So like you have Auburn 30 and 10. How are they 30 and 10 when you got Tennessee? They're 31 and 6, or Houston 33 and 4, or University of Buffalo 34 and 2, which they're rated number 17 in the country right now. So there's a lot of teams with 31s or more and they're still at the bottom of the of the rankings. But that's if you're basing it on record. Um, right now. Uh, Duke looks like the favorite from top to bottom. Uh Michigan State is right in there. Virginia's right in there. I think Auburn's going to be tough again. Kentucky is right there. Kentucky's there every single year. So, you know, that doesn't surprise anybody. It doesn't surprise me at all. So, those are your 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 top rankings there. Um let's start off with the uh what the games here. We're going to talk about the State Farm Champions Classic. Uh, Tournament Duke and Kansas will kick it off on Tuesday November the 5th you got Appalachian State against Michigan Um, Oh sorry That was an error Duke and Kansas will play In the State Farm Classic Championship or Champions Classic You got Kentucky and Michigan State Um, That's going to be a really good game That is going to be a fantastic game uh, Fresno State and Oregon is going to play also uh, in that tournament, along with University of Texas, San Antonio, and um, Oklahoma. That's going to be a really good game. So those are some slated games uh, early. <clears throat> Excuse me for the um, for college basketball for those that are into that, like myself. College football now. College football is something I'm really, really into, and it's something I've been into for a long time. So we're going to get into college football. Now, Friday, you got University of Central Florida, which is rated 18. They're going to take on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's won three out of their last four games. Central Florida um, is the favorite at minus four. Um, Central Florida is rated number 18, and they've won four out of their last five. That's going to be an interesting game from a record standpoint. Um, Cincinnati was really tough last year, uh, especially in the bowl game. Uh, They were really good. Michigan Michigan State and Ohio State, as I talked about yesterday. Michigan State has won four of their last five. And uh, Ohio State has won all five of their games. And you can see that game at 430 on ABC. And Ohio State's rated the favorite at minus 20. Utah versus LSU. Now, the interesting thing about this game is that Utah has won uh 3 out of their last 4 games and LSU's won all 4 of their games and they are slated number 5. Oklahoma versus Kansas. Kansas has won 2 out of their last 5. Oklahoma's won all 4 of their games. Oklahoma's the favorite at minus 32. Kent State Kent State versus Wisconsin. Uh, Kent State's won uh, two out of their last four. Wisconsin has won all four of their games slated at number eight in the country. And they are the favorite at minus 36 points. Iowa versus Michigan, 14 versus 19. Uh, Iowa's won all four games. Michigan's won three out of four. And Michigan is the favorite by three and a half. Uh, Auburn versus Florida, both teams have won five consecutive games. They're both undefeated seven versus 10 with the favorite being Auburn at minus three. Now this is an interesting game, Texas versus Wisconsin. Uh, Texas is three and one and so is West. I'm sorry, not Texas, Wisconsin, Texas and West Virginia. Uh, Texas has won three out of four. Uh, West Virginia's won three out of four. Uh, and Texas is the favorite at ten and a half. That's going to be a really good game there. Cal versus Oregon. That game can be seen on Fox, five o'clock. Oregon slated at slated as the favorite at minus eighteen. However, Cal has won four out of the last five games, so they're four and one. Uh, Oregon rated number thirteen. They've won three out of their last four, so that should be an interesting game. Washington versus Stanford. Washington has won four out of their last five. Stanford has won two out of their last five. Washington being the favorite at minus 16. Boise State versus UNLV. Uh, Boise uh, has won four consecutive games. And UNLV has won one out of their last four, uh, with Boise being uh, the favorite at minus 23 as far as your top 25 games. Uh Bowling Green will take on Notre Dame number 9. Notre Dame's won uh they've won 3 out of their last 4. That game can be seen on uh, NBC at 12:30 with Notre Dame slated as the favorite at 45 and a half. That's going to be a very very decent game and if you're a Bowling Green fan, that's going to that's going to be a tough one to watch. Now, I wanted to get into boxing, and Triple G is going to be fighting here pretty soon. Uh, he's going to be fighting. He's going to be fighting on the zone. Um, that should be a good fight. I don't know much about the guy. Not at all. Don't know much about the guy. And it, I believe there's a lot of fighters that fight you know some of the top guys in the sport and we just don't know who they are. We do not know who they are. And to me that's kind of the interesting thing because it's like how do you have how do you have uh people that you never heard of you know, before but they're top rated contenders. So I thought that was interesting. You know the and, and most of them are not even from um Oh, most of them are not even from here they're not even from the US you might see somebody from switzerland or not even from california you don't really know too many um you don't you don't know really too many you know fighters you know at this point that actually is from here at least i don't you know most of them are from you know jersey or you know something like that now I wanted to really get into some of the top heavyweights in the world right now. And I think when it comes down to boxing at the heavyweight division, I think a lot of the times we don't know who guys are. And I just wanted to refresh everyone's memory as to who these guys are. So, for example, we have Ruiz Jr., who is 33 and 1. He is the world champion uh, for the moment. Tyson Fury, 29 and 0. He has one draw. He's rated the number two contender in the world. Anthony Joshua, 22 and 1. He's number three. Uh, Joseph Parker, he's 26 and 2. A guy named Spong, he's 14 and 0. He's rated the number six guy. King Kong Ortiz is rated number eight, and he's 31 and 1. I disagree with that. I disagree. I disagree with that for sure. Um, he should be the number three or the number two heavyweight in the world. And I believe he's in front of Joshua. Uh, there's a guy that is slated uh, for the WBO World Heavyweight Championship. He's number one, Uh, uh He is 16-0. and 0. To me, I don't know if that's enough to uh, get a world title shot uh, compared to a guy named Takam. Uh, he's won 37 fights, five losses, one draw. Um, <clears throat> again, there's a lot of title contenders here. Um, we also have the IBF World Heavyweight Championship. Um, again, you got the same guys, Fury, Ortiz. And I think it's just a matter of how you, how you rate them, how you, you know, how people are going to rank these guys. um. And I'm not quite sure on how they rank them. Is it based on who they've beaten? Is it based on their record? Because this is if you if you base it on that, this is typically not not the rankings. It's really not the rankings. Uh, if you look at Deontay Wilder, he's 41 and zero with one draw. And then you got a guy named Dylan White who's supposed to be the number one contender. 26 and 1. Um, Tyson Fury 29 and 0. King Kong Ortiz number 3 31 and 1. Now this is this is it. This is the ranking. Uh Povekian 35 and 2. Joseph Parker number 6, 26 and 2. Uh, Palieve uh 27 and 1, he's rated number 7. Rivas, 26 and 1, rated number 8. Joyce. He's ten and zero, rated number number twelve. Dominic Brazil's rated number thirteen at twenty and two, and a guy named Martin twenty seven and two with one draw. So, this is this, it, there's some contenders there. There is some contenders. It's a matter of I guess, are they going to get the fights? Um, that seems to be the question nowadays. You know, can these guys get the fights? Because if not, you know, it doesn't matter the rankings. It's whether they get the fights or not. Um but like I said before in my last podcast yesterday, I'm I definitely want to see Javante Davis fight, um, pretty soon. And I want to see him move on to bigger and better things. Um, I talked about Canelo Alvarez and I just wanted to, you know, um make a quick note here. Uh Canelo Alvarez is moving up to the light heavyweight division to fight uh Kovalev, Sergey Kovalev, and light heavyweight is slated at 175. Now, Canelo's actual weight was um at 160, which was the middleweight. So he's jumping up uh two weight classes uh to fight. I thought it was originally um at 154, and I think that's where he was, uh 154. But then he jumped up one, yeah, one, two, yeah, one, yeah, two classes. So basically, you're looking at uh, light heavyweight at 175. That's a huge jump. Um, But I think uh, everyone's going to see that uh, pound for pound Canelo Alvarez is the best fighter. And uh, certainly, um, he's going to beat uh, Sergey Kovalev. I don't think Kovalev is going to beat him. Um, But I also wanted to give you guys a couple of key notes as far as Canelo Alvarez, as far as, you know, the type of fighter he is. Okay, at the middleweight division, he holds the crown at 160. He's the WBA champion. At the super middleweight at 168, Canelo is the WBA regular super middleweight champion. So that's two belts, two different weight classes going into the title fight against Sergey Kovalev at 175 so currently right now pound for pound he holds two belts in two different divisions at the moment right now which I think is really really impressive and I think when you talk about the pound for pound king or the pound for pound whatever um it's hard it's hard to sit here and say hey you know Canelo's not because a lot of fighters don't own belts of different divisions. It's just that one slated division that they own, that they own titles in. So at that point, it's like you got to give the crown to somebody who's dominating two divisions at one time, potentially maybe a third. And that's just potentially, potentially. Um, and then you talk about uh, the heavyweight division, the heavyweight division is is like wow, it's it's no joke, it's no joke. I, I think right now, the best heavyweight in the world right now is it has to be Deontay Wilder, it has to be. I think if anybody disagrees, they don't watch boxing. Tyson Fury, and Deontay Wilder, they went the distance because Deontay Wilder fought a guy who was a competitor, who wasn't afraid to box. Uh Ortiz wasn't afraid to box. Ortiz took him to the distance. Now, if you separate those two from everyone in the division that he's fought, the fight's over in the fourth, in, in the fourth round, maybe third. I remember Dominic Brazil was fighting Deontay Wilder. And when that fight was made, I said, why are they fighting? That's it. I, I just wanted to know why are they fighting? I knew Dominic Brazil was gonna get knocked out. I already knew it before the fight even started. And he went in there and he talked all that mess and got whooped. The fight was over before I even knew it. I said, wait a minute. And was I surprised? Absolutely not. I was not surprised. Reason why I wasn't surprised is because I already knew. Brazil didn't want no smoke. Brazil didn't want no smoke. And that's why. That's why. So I had to figure out. I said, why is Deontay Wilder wasting his time with somebody like that? Interesting. But going forward. This is going towards the end of the year, so we're not going to see any big fights until probably the beginning of next year. So I'm looking forward to that. So boxing is probably going to be put on hold for a little bit because I don't see too many big fighters fighting towards the end of the year. But I see them fighting maybe uh, mid-2020. Mid-2020. I had a couple of slated questions, and I know this is kind of like all off all the other topics, but I had a couple of questions that people uh, have for me. Um, so we're going to take a couple of basketball questions, uh, NFL questions, uh, Major League Baseball questions, so on and so forth. So we're going to start with the NFL. Um, my opinion on the Thursday night game, Rams and Seahawks, who do I think is going to win? I believe the Rams are going to beat Seattle. I I believe so. I think the Rams are going to beat Seattle because the Rams have to. I mean, after they got whooped by Tampa Bay last week, they have to. I mean, if you look at the game, the Rams lost by 15 points. They lost by 15 points. The Rams were outscored. In the second half, 27-23, and they lost by 15. So when I look at it from that standpoint, that bothers me, especially if I'm a Super Bowl contender. That bothers me. So if you get outscored by four only to lose by 15, it's a problem. So I believe that they're going to want to redeem themselves. I believe that they have something to prove this week. And I think that Seattle's just going to be the team that has to bear it because that's who they're playing, so um, both teams are three and one, and uh, it's going to be interesting because they got to go on the road and play a very good Seattle football team. So I think at the end of the day, uh, the Rams are going to win um that's my that's my that's my pick. Do I believe San Francisco 49ers can win this week? their Monday night game um well, they're their favorites at three and a half. Um, That's going to be interesting, and it's actually a good question because what that game comes down to is how well does Jimmy G play, the Mr. One Hundred $150 million man? I mean, how well does he play? That's what it comes down to. That's what we have to ask ourselves. I mean, if he plays well, I believe the Browns are in trouble. If he plays well, if he does not play well, the Browns are going to take care of business. I think also Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield gets going early, the 49ers can run into some trouble. I keep hearing about how good their defense is and all that other stuff. I keep hearing about that over and over again. And I believe that they had a bye week uh, this week, so we didn't get a chance. I, I, I didn't see him this week, but they played the, the Steelers the week before their bye week. And I mean, they barely beat the Steelers. Um, they outscored the Steelers, um, 21 to 14. And they won by four. Uh, that doesn't say a lot about their defense. Even though I keep hearing about it, it doesn't, it's not telling me anything. Um, I mean, it's like, what is defense anyway? You know, to me, you know, when you look at a final score and someone says about, the, talks about their defense and the defense gave up 20 points, that's not an impressive defense. You know, that's, it's, it's not. It's not an impressive defense. An impressive defense is if you can give up anywhere, if you can give up 10 points or less in the NFL, 10 points or less, that's a hell of a defense. 10 points or less. Because somebody's going to kick a field goal on you, somebody's going to get a touchdown on you, you know, Um, so 10 points or less to me is ideal in reference to defense. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get 10 points or less, that's a hell of a defense. Um, Raiders and Bears. Um, the Raiders are not going to move the ball on offense against that tough Bears defense. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now because two things always happen for the Raiders. Either they get lucky, either they get lucky, or they're going to play well. But which one is it going to be? We don't know. Because they haven't proven a level of consistency as far as, as far as winning, going into a game, and winning consecutive ballgames. They haven't won a consecutive ballgame yet. They haven't. I'm going to take the Bears on that one. Packers and Cowboys. Um, again, as I said yesterday in the podcast, yesterday, um, I believe the Cowboys are going to win because I think that the Cowboys have to. I don't think the Cowboys can go into another season and lose to the Packers. The same team who, they change their team a lot. They they, they change certain things about their team a lot, which seems as though other teams can beat them that I know we can beat, but they beat the Packers, but we can't. So I think it, it, it means a lot, and, and this would be a big win for us, considering the fact that we lost to New Orleans last week. So 10-12, uh, to 12, uh, which is the final, and I uh, wasn't too pleased with that, by the way. Uh, here's something interesting for all the football fans out there. The Buffalo Bills are 3-1. They've won three out of their last four games. That's incredible. That is incredible. Uh, because that's that's not the type of season I thought they would have, especially with what they've what they've gone through in the last few years. Uh the Washington Redskins, they're 0-4. Is that anything new? No. Uh will John not John Gruden's brother, will he be fired? Yes. Jay Gruden will be fired at the end of the year. I can tell you that right now. Cause this is unacceptable. Uh coaches on the hot seat. I think the Broncos coach is on the hot seat. They're 0-4. Um if he doesn't figure it out, he'll probably be fired also. Um the Jets, I think he's on thin ice. They've lost every single game since. Uh Kingsbury, I know this is his first year, so I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. They haven't won anything this year except for the tie. The Bengals, same thing. They're 0-4. So it's a lot of teams that haven't won anything. And so I guess that makes the 49ers look impressive uh, because they haven't lost yet. But I, I believe that this is going to be a good game Monday night, but it comes down to how well the 49ers can play. Um, another question that came in with the NFL, we're going to get to the NBA here in a second. Do I believe Burfitt should have been suspended? Well, that depends on how you look at it. But from the view I saw, Helmet to helmet, from the NFL standpoint, is untolerated. So the fact that he hit the guy, helmet to helmet, does he deserve to be suspended for the year? No. Does he deserve to be suspended? Yes. But not for the year. Because I think that it's still argumentative now, because there's a lot of people who accidentally Hit you helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. So what about those that hit you helmet-to-helmet? Helmet? Are you thrown out for the rest of the year? Are you banned for the rest of the year because you you do a helmet-to-helmet helmet on an accident? Or is it that we're looking at Burford's track record and saying, hey, his track record and then what he did last week was malicious. We want him done for the year. To me... That doesn't make a lot of sense. Because then what message are you sending to the league going forward? What does that mean based on Burford's suspension? So I believe that there's a lot of, of red tape there. What, do, I, do I see Burford being back on the field? No, I don't. Because the NFL is going to stand behind what they're trying to do. So no, I don't think so. I think once you're suspended by the NFL, you're going to catch hell trying to get reinstated. So no, I don't think so. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I think Burfitt has a uh, linebacker intensity that almost reminds me of Ray Lewis, but Ray Lewis didn't do uh, what Burfitt's doing. Um, That's a whole total different trend there. Um, So do I believe that? I believe so. I believe he's down for the year. Um, Now, let's move. Let's shift gears. Let's get to the NBA. And, you know, I keep hearing, you know, the Lakers um, are the team to beat right now. I was just I was just talking to somebody yesterday about the NBA, and I talked about how who's the best team in the East. I'm gonna start off with the East. Who's the best team in the East right now, top to bottom? I, I would have to say Milwaukee. The problem with Milwaukee is that they made some some roster moves, some trades. And to me, they gave up some pieces. Um, I believe they let Brogdon go in the sign and trade deal, which I can't say I would have made that deal. Milwaukee's tough in the East. I, I don't think people realize you know, how good Milwaukee is. Uh, they're very tough, very tough to beat. So I would have to say they're number one for sure. Um, I think Indiana Pacers improved. Um, are they gonna be a dominant team in the East? Absolutely not. But they've improved, and I think they're gonna be maybe a top six, seven, maybe five. Um but that's if they have a magical season. And and that's if they just have a, a, a tremendous season, top five, I would say. I still think Philadelphia is is one of the best teams in the division. Um I think they lost a lot in the offseason. I still think they're one of the best. I don't think Brooklyn's going to be anything. I think they're at best they're going to be maybe a 7th seed at best. Um, That's about it. Um, Orlando may be an 8th seed. So you might look at Orlando, Brooklyn, um, New York. New York uh, is not going to do anything. They're probably going to be the worst team in the East. Um, I think Toronto is going to be a top five slated team. Uh, I think Detroit, if Detroit can stay healthy, they're in there for sure. Uh, Boston is going to be in there for sure. So, and then I think it's wide open from that point on as far as playoffs. I think we're going to see a team that, um, didn't make it last year. They're going to make it this year. So we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of that, uh, I think in the West because it doesn't take a whole lot to make the playoffs in the East. For sure. Now, let's get to the Western Conference, the toughest conference in basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's be clear. Golden State Warriors, where do I see them? Well, we're going to start. I'm going to give you guys one through eight who will make the playoffs as of right now. One through eight. Number one, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think they're going to be the number one team in the West. They're going to be the team to beat, I think, only because of, their, of, of the team that they've built so far. But then again, it could be chemistry issues. But I think as of right now, they're number one. Number two, there's no doubt about it. The Los Angeles Clippers will be number two. I'll tell you right now. Number three, this is going to be interesting. This is interesting. The Portland Trailblazers will be number three. I'm telling you right now, you heard it first. Portland Trailblazers because of their roster moves. I think they've improved significantly because I think that matchup-wise, they're going to be tough defensively. Number four, there's no doubt about it. The Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, I'm telling you, I'm scared of them. Number five, Houston Rockets will be number five. You heard it first. Houston Rockets. Number six, this is going to be surprising. This is going to be surprising. Golden State Warriors will be number six. Number seven, I believe it's going to be the Utah Jazz. And the last and final spot, I believe, is the San Antonio Spurs at eight. Those are my top eight teams in the West right now for sure. Now, that could change. You got New Orleans. They they might compete for that eighth spot, and that's if they have a hell of a season. But I don't see any other team that can do it other than the teams that I just named. Other than the teams I just named. I don't think there's any other team in the Western Conference that can do this. Not one. Not one. I want to thank everyone for tuning in this morning. Uh, You can tune in every single morning, as I love to do, 8 a.m. On my podcast, The Final Point, tune in every single morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Thank you for joining me and everyone have a great day.